I thought that the ISN was a perfect vehicle for putting together the brilliant minds of all of these experts across the world and set out to make this happen. This episode of the Global Kidney Care Podcast is hosted by Fergus Caskey, Professor of Renal Medicine at the University of Bristol in the UK. He will be leading a discussion on the inspirations, the goals, and key lessons of ISN's transfer meeting that took place in October of 2022 in the recently published report. Good, so um, welcome everybody. Uh, I am Fergus Kasky. I'm Professor of Renal Medicine at the University of Bristol in the UK uh, and Chair of the research working group at ISN uh, and treasurer of ISN. And it's my great pleasure to welcome two uh, speakers who'll be very well known to you. First of all, uh, Professor Agnes Fogo. Um, uh, Professor Fogo is a renal pathologist and professor at the Vanderbilt University Medical Center uh, in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, and she was, of course, uh, president of ISN until very recently and is currently past president of ISN. Uh, and alongside Agnes, we have Professor Masomi Nangaku, uh, who is Professor of Medicine and Dean of the University of Tokyo, uh, and of course, President of ISN um, uh, at the moment. Welcome, um, Agnes and Masomi. And so I was, we're, we're here to talk today about the Transform uh, meeting, which, uh, which took place last year and the report was published uh, very recently, um, and it would be great to, to hear your uh, accounts of how the Transform idea developed uh, and then some of the key lessons from Transform. So maybe, Agnes, if I can, can start with you, first of all, uh, I wonder what you think uh, was the inspiration um, and, and then what led to the goals for the Transform meeting? Thank you very much, Fergus. I'm really thrilled that we can share some of the progress and thoughts leading to TRANSFORM, which stands for Translational Nephrology Science for New Medications, a very clever acronym that one of our key working member groups members came up with, Alessia Fornoni. When I was elected as president-elect of the ISN, I wanted to leverage the tremendous international community of our scientists, our translational scientists, people in regulatory aspects in different countries, those who work in pharma, and of course our patients to see how we could make better kidney health for all people. Since I, in addition to my diagnostic work in kidney pathology, also work with translational animal work and am frustrated and elated when we find things that make a difference possibly for patients, I thought that it was frustrating to see how many times the animal models that were absolutely perfect for treating and curing very early disease in very young rats and mice didn't make a miraculous difference in patients. In talking with many of my colleagues and inspired by different studies that had worked or not worked, I thought that the ISN was a perfect vehicle for putting together the brilliant minds of all of these experts across the world and set out to make this happen. The mechanism for making this happen was to go through the ISN research working group that was very ably co-chaired by you, Fergus, now as chair of the research working group and chaired by Masaomi Nangaku. And partner together to find out how do we set up a meeting 
that can achieve the goals of giving the very best expert advice for all scientists, pharma, regulatory people, to be able to have the best chance that preclinical work can result in development of better drugs to treat kidney disease. We had extensive pre-meeting work with expert questions being developed by our working group. Importantly, our working group included those who work with translational animal studies. It also, when we had our actual meeting, included people from pharma, people from regulatory agencies, and a very important component, patients. Unlike some other groups that I've been a part of and meetings that I've been a part of, these patients were uniquely selected because they also were scientists. So they had a dual perspective on the importance of the questions that we were seeking to answer. And under the brilliant leadership of you and Masomi and with my work and tremendous work from ISN staff, the meeting was convened in person with breakout groups, discussion, vigorous debate, and our recommendations were put forth that then were fine-tuned into a manuscript that has recently been published in Kidney International. So it took a couple of years to make this happen, but that was because of the tremendous groundwork And the motivation was to be able to provide better advice beyond the arrived guidelines, which are animal research reporting of in vivo experiments, which basically just tabulate the way that results should be reported so that editors, reviewers, and readers can know how you did the experiment. This was more for what experiments do you plan and what models do you choose and what disease mechanisms need to be present for these to translate to human disease. Uh, excellent. So you've you've got us off to a great start. I, I guess just to um, ask for a little bit more detail. I think what what was striking to me as we as we began this process was the very very enormous area that we we were considering uh, for transform. So perhaps I could ask how. Uh, you and Masomi uh, looked at the, the, the range of areas you wanted to cover and identified the topics that we might uh, allocate to groups um, and, and then just go into a little bit more detail perhaps about the work that had to be done ahead of, of the in-person meeting. That's a great question, Fergus. We had to define parameters. So this transform meeting is not all-encompassing and the end. It's the beginning of what Masomi plans to continue as an ongoing effort for ISN to update, refine, and Masomi, I'm sure, will talk more about some of the emerging state-of-the-art approaches that are not yet fully ready for prime time. We decided that we had to very much talk about disease models. Not everything that induces disease in animal models is relevant to human disease. So we had a lot of talk before the meeting about what parameters should be present in a disease model for it to have the highest chance of translating to humans. And those would include that much of the phenotype present in the animals, whether it be clinical, biochemical, molecular, should also be present in humans, and that the targeted pathways for interventions should be present. And very importantly, that treatment with the targeted pathway, with the drug, the magic bullet, should start when disease was reliably present. The preventive mode of treatment is not relevant for most human studies. And then we talked about the choice of animal models 
there are many different species. The most commonly used are rodents. And sometimes we need to expand to other models, other species. We talked about the type of pharmacokinetic studies that need to be done starting in healthy animals, but expanding to the disease state because the disease state may very much alter these parameters. And then, of course, the statistics, how to measure renal function, how to report in detail on the phenotypes, some of the key minimal things. As a pathologist, I think you need to know the morphologic changes. You need to have reliable measures of kidney function. Just BUN, the serum urea nitrogen, is not a reliable measure. All of these things were discussed vigorously over many months of pre-meeting teleconferences with pre-meeting work, and then robustly discussed and refined during the meeting. Great, and and I, I think we also tried to identify um, areas ahead of the meeting where we already had consensus, um, areas where we felt we would take much longer than two days to reach a consensus. Um, but some the, the things that particularly needed our discussion um, at the at the meeting were those bits in the middle where we, we couldn't all arrive at consensus pre-meeting, but we felt that there was an opportunity working together in person to arrive at a consensus for the for the report. Yes, that's a very important point. Some of those key elements relate to controls. The type of controls could be Ideally, litter mates, there could be vehicle, there could be positive treatment controls, there could be others. Uh, Richard Kitching is one of our leaders and examples came up with you could have eight to 10 control groups, but then it becomes unwieldy and unfeasible. So we talked about optimal controls depending upon model and circumstances. We talked about the sex of the animal. Some regulatory agencies mandate that experiments be done in male and female species, but the experiments, depending upon the nature of the model, may not always have to be replicated in both, although it ideally could be to see if there are species differences. So we weren't able to come with a firm recommendation that this absolutely should be done, but that it ideally could be done. And then the age of the animals was another really important element, mostly we use younger animals in experiments, and most of our patients are middle-aged or older. So ideally, again, a word we use many times in our recommendation, we should test at different ages, but this may not be all possible for a single group. So we also talked about the collaboration between groups or the important concept published by Hans-Joachim Anders of preclinical randomized trials where the same strictly set up protocols for an experimental model could be done at different sites to ensure that local housing, environmental, and unmeasurable differences that could influence results were not robustly causing us to lead uh, to a wrong conclusion. So, so those are some of the key elements where we could not say completely, absolutely, this is the absolute truth. But I'm sure that you have additional points to add yourself, Fergus, from your masterful contributions to the meeting. No, I, I think you've covered it very, very nicely. Um, maybe, Masaomi, if we, if we can turn to you, um, I wonder if you uh, could tell us a little bit about the essential factors that you would take from the meeting that we need to consider in animal studies. Uh, thank you, Fergus. 
Uh, Agnes beautifully covers the uh, important factors of animals, including age and sex. Uh, considering the uh, ethical and resource implications, confirming results in another species can be more important than confirming them in both sexes of the same species. So uh, we have to consider these factors, but uh, these factors are not uh, mandatory. Uh, to be uh, studied uh, overall. We also have to uh, take consideration of uh, factors of models into consideration. Uh, for example, uh, if you want to use septic acute kidney injury model, there are two different types of models, cecal ligation and puncture and LPS administration. If we talk about the remnant kidney model, there are two different types of models ligation and polectomy. So we have to understand the difference of uh, these models. In addition, controls are also important factors we needed to consider in animal studies. Appropriate control groups are critical for effective research. Uh, for disease models, we must include both positive and negative controls. When possible, new drugs should be tested both alone and superimposed on the standard of care. However, such approaches require a complex and large experimental setup. And this may uh, ruin your uh, experimental plan. So uh, we have to consider these factors, but uh, these kind of large experiments should not be routine. Great. You've both touched on this a little bit, but I guess um, one of the factors affecting many of the decisions that we made related to the the uh, the three R's: the the replace, the reduce, the refine uh, um, uh, recommendations around animal animal studies, um, and we we um, involved the and. C3R organization in commenting on the initial uh, outline for the topics that we would discuss. Perhaps you could say a little bit, Masaomi, on, on for the, the sex example was one, but and the controls is another, but in uh, some examples of how, how the three R's were taken into consideration in, uh, obviously the ideal would be to have every, you know, every uh, study done in males and females and so on. Um, how do we balance those things? Thank you, uh, Fergus. The concept of three R's is essential in animal studies. And actually, uh, we have to consider whether an animal experiment can be performed using organoids or organs on a chip instead. Emerging novel research tools such as organoids or organs on a chip have been developed to more precisely replicate nephron function to enhance efficacy safety and toxicity evaluation of investigational compounds. Apart from avoiding ethical issues, kidney organoids further permit precision medicine approaches. In inherited diseases, patient-specific IPS with naturally occurring variants or mutations may be used to generate clinically relevant disease models. Of note, recently, the US FDA announced that drug approval could occur 
based on ex vivo data, such as data from organoids or organ on the chip approaches. So this is the uh, definitely the uh, future direction. Very important point. So if it's not too big a question, then can I ask you maybe for what you think the essence of the transform meeting was for you? Uh, yes. Uh, the ISM successfully produced the first guidance on the optimal conduct of translational animal studies for the development of new drugs to treat kidney disease by bringing together researchers with various backgrounds, as Agnes beautifully described. An overarching conclusion in the 25 recommendations we made is that animal model standardization is important. And the, our aim and the aim of the ISM is that these recommendations will accelerate development of new drugs for treatment of kidney diseases and improve the prognosis and quality of life of patients with kidney disease and contribute to global kidney health. Thank you. Great. And Agnes, maybe a, a, a final thought from yourself about, uh, or maybe both of you, just about the next steps for uh, this sort of work. Uh, it, it was an, a new direction for ISN to go uh, into animal studies, uh, and there, there was work to include colleagues uh, from around the world, including low and mid middle income countries. How might, how might the ISN take forward the Transform initiative? I think the first most important step was to have the meeting successfully conducted and a report dealt with in record time and published in a highly prominent journal, Kidney International. But now with efforts like this podcast, a webinar that we had, we need to be transformative in sharing the information from the meeting and then be open to feedback and to real life experiences in trying to follow this and follow up with additional meetings, hopefully that will take place in the future. I think the first step is to make sure that the information is transmitted and shared broadly and listen carefully and attentively to any feedback, whether positive or constructive on how we can continue to transform our transform principles to make better chances for kidney drugs to be developed. Yes, Asami, would you uh, like to add? Mm -hmm. Thank you. I fully agree. And uh, the uh, advance in science is so rapid. Uh, when we held the transform meeting in Brussels last October, we did not expect that the FDA would announce that the drug improvement could occur uh, using on the data of uh, organ on the chip. So uh, probably we have to revise the guideline uh, maybe uh, after a couple of years. So uh, we have to catch up the advance in science. 
keep up keep up with science. Oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. No, exactly. We have to we have to keep up with advancements in science. Absolutely. So, uh, P- Professor Nagaku, Professor Fogu, thank you so much for joining uh, me today and giving us all uh, an insight into how Transform uh, was conceived and then developed and how it led to the the main conclusions that you've nicely summarised today. Uh, thank you very much indeed. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. Thank you very much.